the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And it is great to be together, although a lot happening. Um, a lot happening. And enough of it is worrying that you have to pause and uh, and sort of uh, get a bearing. And so in a few moments, by the way, we will talk with uh, our old friend, Andrew Krapuschetz. I always tease him about his name, Krapuschetz. He's a founder of uh, RedBalloon.Work. And if you go to his website, you can look for jobs, and it's a uh, decidedly uh, unwoke place where people just look for work, and they get work and all, and a good guy. And then we'll talk with Ted Malik about some surveys, about a survey that um, proves that people are brainwashing, uh, people are being brainwashed in this country. They asked people to tell us what you think about America, who makes up America, and people told you the strangest things, like 22% of all Americans, people answered. 22% of Americans are transgender. Well, it's less than 1%. But why? Because the brainwashing of the media and the big tech and everybody else. So uh, all that's going on. But the big news, of course, is that the stock market is continuing its dive and also uh, rates are going up. Um, so interest rates are going up. It makes it harder to get money, uh, harder to borrow money. It makes it harder on businesses. We are in a tough spot. We are in a very tough spot. If you heard Andrew Gruel, Chef Andrew Gruel yesterday about the uh, shortage of money, uh, the food shortage, if you listen closely to people, they say the economy. I mean, look, I, I was at an event uh, that had this incredible, uh, diverse set of people talking about patents and inventions and things. There's nothing slowing about human innovation, right? Human innovation in America, especially, but in the world, is growing, growing, growing. It's amazing. However, the economy is uh, being dragged in a direction uh, that doesn't look good. and But one of the things that nobody is talking about is if you have to tighten your belt and if you have to raise interest rates, which means it's harder to get money, it's more expensive to get money because it's more expensive to borrow it. Why isn't government doing that? Why is it that we're spending more and more money on things all over the world? We have another billion or two billion or something pledged to Ukraine up to a 50 billion. We have $380 billion being spent out of the federal government on, on all sorts of green energy. There's nothing efficient about the government spending money. There's nothing job creating about the government getting into industries. It never works well. And so we, we continue to do one of two things, tax people to get the money or print money. And we're up to, and you know, I, I told people it was a very sobering conversation over the weekend out at the uh, our, our Eagle Council Fifty One uh, when Steve Bannon was talking about um, what people what what people are worried about uh, and and what you should be focused on, and he went into this riff on the the debt. It's thirty trillion dollars is the debt. And the problem with $30 trillion in debt is when interest rates, when, the, when, the, when rates go up, which is what the Fed had to do, the cost of the debt goes up and the government starts to have to pay more and more of its money into the, for the interest on the debt. And we don't even know what this means. I mean, we don't even have an idea how to handle it. Almost $31 trillion in debt and growing 
And, and we don't know how, we don't really know what it means. So does it mean we're in for a crash? Does it mean we're not? I mean, at this point, everybody's guessing. The last time that the Fed had to dramatically raise rates so dramatically was uh, Paul Volcker. They quote him all the time and they say he raised rates and he cooled off inflation, beat inflation. But he also put us into a recession and also drove up unemployment. And so the question becomes, what's going to be the impact of the, the, of the current economic policies? But back to my point, is anybody going to ever stop the spending? There was coverage of the massive waste during the COVID uh, period where hundreds of billions of dollars were wasted. And they had specific examples. I think $300 million in ventilators New York bought, all sitting in a storage place. Uh, tens of thousands of, of gallons of sanitizer that's now out of date. I don't know how that stuff goes out of date, but it is. And on and on. And the fact is, we're not hearing the government saying, we're going to tighten our belts. In fact, it's the opposite. And again, back to my point, they try not to raise your taxes because nobody likes that. But they are. They're raising the cost. But then they're raising our taxes by inflation. They're raising the, 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 the they're taking from us our, the value of our money. And people can't, won't stand this for long. It won't work well for long. So I, I, I don't, I'm not a doomsday. One of the things that I came out of the Steve Bannon uh, weekend at Eagle Council and Bannon was all fired up was he tends to be doom and gloom. I mean, he tends to be like, oh, things are going off the rails. I tend to be a little more optimistic. I think a lot of the things that are positive in our, in our economy, including the, the, uh, the pressure we're putting on China, the, decoup- the decoupling with China, which I think is actually going in the right direction. And that even when people say, oh, well, it's cost of manufacturing goes up here at home, it does, but it also uh, ends up people working here at home. But my point is, when are we going to see the government start to tighten its belt? Because I live, I go up to the swamp, I live near Washington, D.C., and I see very little change. In fact, on the military industrial complex, it's high times because of the Ukraine war. We went from the Afghan war and the Afghanistan and Iraq now to the Ukraine war in terms of uh, providing dollars as well as weapons. But in general, where's the tightening of the belt? And when you listen to our, our guests well, in a few moments, uh, Andrew Krapuschet to talk about work and his, his company is basically a job posting site. And you hear that you know there's a bunch of people that checked out of the economy they could retire, some of the boomers, and uh, and now you know. They, but the but the lower income jobs are not being filled, and they're not being they're not sufficient. We we are in a tough spot, and again, it's impossible for politicians to tell the truth when the truth is bad for them. That's a fact, and the economy needs dramatic changes, and it's not just the Fed uh, yanking up the. Uh, Interest rates. But here we go. Stock market's down about 4% in the last, uh, what, year or so? And, it, you know, look, it had been up for a record period of time, way up, up, up. So I'm not, I'm not completely ready to dismiss, you know, this is a correction. But it's getting to be more of a, less a correction and more of a, a, a massive wealth transfer. Well, it is that anyway. But it has the markings of something worse, much worse. So we'll see what happens. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got Andrew Krapuschetz as well as uh, Ted Malik. And uh, later this week, I hope I mentioned, uh, we'll, I'm going to get Alan Dershowitz and hear from him. Uh, so we got a lot happening, and we'll be back in a moment. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Oh, I did get a text from one of you. 
the videos of the uh, Eagle Council 51 over the weekend, there was uh, uh, Steve Bannon and uh, uh, Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft and others. Uh, they will be posted in the next couple of days. We'll get them posted hopefully by next week. I uh, will keep you informed here. But I did get a text from somebody. Uh, Steve Bannon's uh, presentation was done by Skype because of a problem with transportation. Um, so we'll see how that turns out in terms of how we can do it because we got a bunch of questions there. And it was great in person. I don't know how it will translate on video. So we'll do all that. We'll be back. Back in a moment, right here on the Pro America Report. I'm Ed Martin. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. I don't know why everybody, every, I mean, everybody is not talking to my next guest because exactly what he's doing right now and his business is helping people figure out how to go to, how to, how to work. Um, and if you go to redballoon.work, you can see all about it. Uh, Red Balloon, free to work. Uh, his name is Andrew Crapuchets. Andrew, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Ed. So before we get into some specifics of of some things that are going on, broadly speaking, you know, unemployment numbers are not terrible. Inflation numbers are terrible. Uh, We had on uh, Chef Andrew Gruel a couple days ago, and he said you can't get control of the cost of uh, of 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 everything for restaurants. So all every restaurant business is just absolutely on a a knife's edge. Um, But uh, everywhere I go, I see uh, help wanted signs. What's going on in this labor market? Yeah, no, we have a really interesting labor market right now. And I don't know if we've seen this before. Basically, we have a lot of baby boomers who have retired over the last couple of years because, look, it got much more painful to be in the labor market over COVID. And so a lot of people who had the wherewithal to exit the labor market have. And so you have a lot of skilled labor that's left the labor market. You also have some of the uh, ramifications of the low birth rate in America and the world over the last 20, 30 plus years. And so we simply don't have enough people to get all the work done that we need to get done. So while the la- while the economy is struggling and while inflation is ridiculous, um, the number of open jobs still in the economy is um, at a near all-time high and unemployment continues to be low. And so we have this weird kind of um, cross-section of a tight uh, labor market plus not a thriving economy and a tight labor market is actually going to drive a lot of that inflation because the reality is that payroll is pretty much the largest expense for most businesses. And so if they can't find labor, they're going to have to spend more because the laws of supply and demand still um, are in place, even if the Democrats don't like that. And so um, you have this economy that is short on labor, um, but is sputtering um, due to a lot of the policies coming out of D.C. So it's, it's a weird world we live in right now. Uh, we're, we're talking with uh, Andrew Krapuchets. He's a founder of uh, a Red Balloon. Red Balloon's a pro-freedom tro- job board that launched uh, fall of 2021. Uh, the idea is to get uh, workers, connect them with po- employers who will uh, let them do their jobs and let them, uh, uh, you know, work and not necessarily uh, be into the politics of it. It's a, a challenge. Redballoon.work to find out more. Uh, Andrew, so I want to ask you about this. I know one of your team, I think it's Laura Baxter. I want to give her credit for being uh, the author of a report um and you call it um and she's got all the right credentials by the way if you just think if you just the only thing that andrew is a, a ceo and a founder and a and a visionary um she's a labor lawyer i think she went to harvard law school so here she goes and she writes uh, what you call a uh, a uh, employee bill of rights and responsibilities now andrew the, the red balloon 
uh, is filling a space where people want to go and say, judge me on my work. But let me pause and pull back. And and this is needed, what you're doing, this uh, Bill of Rights and Responsibilities, because the environment's getting like worse and worse. I mean, it's and you can say, well, we're winning some of the broad battles. I mean, uh, there's been lots of coverage of the Dilbert guy uh, mocking ESG and all this political correctness in corporations. But if you're living it, Andrew, a lot of workers are under the thumb and don't have a path forward. And so how do how do you you know, again, feels like it's getting worse, not better. Yeah, well, I think that it's going to have to get worse until these corporations have employees that are willing to stand up. Look, uh, conservatives are the uh, largest ideological group in America, but we're the least likely to say anything. We have enormous amount of pain tolerance. We can walk with a rock in our shoe longer than anyone. (laughs) And so we just like to keep our head down. Right. And like, okay, we're going to be no fuss. We're just going to get our job done. And so it's like redballoon.org push people to come out conservative in the month of June. Um, And we heard stories, dozens of stories of people saying, you know, I came out conservative. Um, I stood up for my beliefs and my rights at work. And lo and behold, I found out most of my company is filled with a bunch of conservatives that agreed with me. It was only the three, um, you know, woke liberals who were running the whole show because conservatives are just keeping their head down. And so we want to see more people standing up. And so obviously redballoon.org is here to help if you stand up at work and you lose your job then that's what we're here. We've got your back. We'll help you find a new job at a a company that doesn't hate your worldview. But in the meantime, we want to give people the knowledge that they can have so that they can stand up and be brave at work because we know that knowledge is power. And if you know that if I say this, I'm not going to lose the lawsuit, I might win the lawsuit, then it's a lot easier to be brave at work. And you're absolutely right. Like McKinsey looked and found that $8 billion is spent annually on DEI training in America, $8 billion. And that's not just the cost. That's the cost of the training. But beyond that, it's the demoralization of those employees being told that they're evil because their skin color or because their political views or because of their you know pronoun selection. And so when you have that kind of money going into DEI training, I thought, man, it's a moment where we need to stand up. I need to have Laura, the labor lawyer, write up an employee bill of rights so that American workers know what they can do and what they can't do so that they can live their values out loud. Uh, Andrew Krapischetz is our guest. He's the CEO and founder of a red balloon free to work. It's called red balloon dot work. Um, okay. So, but, but this, uh, I was interested in the title of this it's uh, employee bill of rights and the, but on there it says and responsibilities, I guess um, the, the cool thing about that is that's how it should be. Right. I mean, y- yes, you yes, you have your rights, right. But you're, you are uh, in a situation, whether you think of it only as uh, morally or ethically, as opposed to legally, you know, you got responsibilities to, to, to do your job and to do your workplace and all the rest. Um, how, when you, say it's got to get worse before it's better um you, and you just call for people to stand up um you know we're watching people i'm up i know you guys are in idaho and since i'm a, a originally east coast guy now midwest i lump everything together you, you're out in idaho that must be close to north dakota and in north dakota they <laughs> had this guy this guy got run down for being maga i mean he literally killed um and and admitted by the killer uh, it, it feels sort of more dangerous than even about my job do you worry about that yeah. And the reason I say it needs to get worse before it gets better is I see, I saw what happened with COVID and COVID was the great accelerator of so many things. And it caused a lot of conservatives to kind of stand up and, you know, like, 
Um, it's time I'm, you know, it's time for me to stop just keeping my head down, but to actually stand up for what I believe. And so unfortunately conservatives, um, need a little bit of jostling to be willing to stand up and be brave. And I wish that wasn't the case, but we need to see corporations, you know, as they continue to go down this road where, you know, uh, the CEO of Twilio announces he has to lay off 11% of his workforce and he's going to do basically race-based firing. If you're white, he is probably going to let you go at that organization. Well, that is just wild discrimination and it should be demoralizing for the employees that stay um, if they're African-American because they know, hey, I'm not keeping my job because I'm good or because I have skills. It's because of my skin color. And I think that is discrimination in a different way. Um, and it hopefully is going to cause these people to wake up because we need conservatives to wake up. We tend to go back to sleep, right? Okay, COVID's over. We can go back to sleep. No, we need to continue to push against all of these things. And yes, rights and responsibilities go together. The founding fathers understood this. And so we want to reinstill that in the American worker. Um, if you want to have rights, if you want to be respected at work, well, there are responsibilities that are on you um, to be able to earn those rights because that's just actually how the world works. Even though um, the left often wants rights without responsibilities, we see them going together. And when you do that, you're going to be in a position of authority in a, and in a spot where you can push back against some of the CRT training or the DEI training um, that you're being put through in your workplace. So I would encourage people, if you want to download this report for free, it's redballoon.work slash bill. We want this in the hands of as many Americans as possible because we want them to know their rights so that they can stand up and do the right thing. Uh, we're talking again. Andrew Krapyshets is the CEO, the founder, and uh, the the uh, man behind Red Balloon dot work. Red Balloon. Um, so I, I meant to ask you at the beginning, and I'll come back around to it now. I, I've been wondering since the last time we talked um, that your 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 business is to get good workers, workers that want to do their job and be evaluated on how they do their job, out into the marketplace for jobs. How have the employers responded? It feels to me as hard as it is for employers to find good workers, and I hear. All the time that they would be it would be obvious to come to you and say, you got people that are motivated. Let's connect. Have you found that or are you do you find that some of the employers are resistant because they don't want to be associated and they're worried about that? What's the response been? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So we have um, something called anonymous balloon, and I put that in place just in case if there were employers that were worried about being doxxed or um, hindered in some way because they were aligning themselves with a conservative brand like Red Balloon. Um, and of the o well over 2,000 businesses, we have less than a dozen employers who've opted for that. Huh. Most employers are kind of standing up at this moment and saying, no, um, I'm willing to align with this brand. I'm willing to get the best kind of workers. And then the feedback I'm getting from these employers is extraordinary. Um, and it, it's not surprising, right? Because um, I think one employer told me, he said, every time I hire someone off Red Balloon, and he's hired almost 100 people off Red Balloon, every time I hire someone off Red Balloon, it's cleansing to my culture because it's just another hardworking conservative who's not going to be a snowflake in the HR department, but is actually going to just do their job, try and be of value to the employer, to my customer. He said, it is just cleansing to my culture, which I thought was really awesome comment. And we get these kind of comments all the time from employers. So if you're looking for the best kind of employee, you know, the kind that actually just shows up and works hard. Um, I'd encourage you go to redballoon.work. Use this as an opportunity um, to grow your employee base with people who are hardworking conservatives, aren't going to bring political activism to the workplace, but instead are just going to bring value to your customers and make you more money.
There you go. That's a, uh, I'm on there now, by the way, and I just did a search. I ended up uh, like within a couple of uh, things. I've got uh, Media Research Center, which I love those guys. I often have them on, and they're looking for a paid intern. Uh, and there it is. Pops up uh, last month, I guess it was. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, Andrew Krabbyshets, again, uh, thank you for uh, being out there, especially taking your time as the CEO to be out and talking to folks like us. And also, uh, though, folks, go over and you can check out this uh, Bill of Rights, the Employee Bill of Rights and Responsibilities, published over at redballoon.work bill um and also on their website there there's a lot of there there and it's good for um i sent it on to a friend of mine i said here's a place to look uh and he liked that he's looking for a job so thank you andrew for the time and we'll talk again soon thanks for having me ed have a great day you too you too we'll take a break everybody and i'll put up on social media the bill of rights is good to look at uh but also the the website and i looked in there a whole bunch of folks that i recognize uh their background um up here in uh northern virginia where i am um not i don't know them all but the business is good stuff so uh check it out and then a bunch that i didn't know which is even better news so we'll be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Time to check up with check up check in with our old friend Ted Malik. Ted, of course, is an author, a businessman. He's been a professor all over the world, and he is uh, writing frequently these days over at American Greatness, the blog amgreatness.com. Recent piece, the numbers, please. Stop believing the propaganda and lies from the media on demographics. Well, welcome back, Ted Malik. How how are you, Ted? I'm very good. I'm counting right now on my fingers. <laughs> I was going to say this is a so. Hey, this um, this piece is interesting to me. First of all, what made you think to write this? As I read it, I thought this was self-evident to me, but I never thought to think it through. And I'm being serious. It's one of these ones that was sort of in front of our face, but nobody it wasn't being talked about. Yeah, low hanging fruit, I think they call it, yeah. um, or hidden in plain sight would be a. Yeah, business school term. But what what uh, jarred me on this was I read a poll about a week or so, ten days ago, that was a, a large national poll done by YouGov, and they asked people, and it was a very big um, cross section of America, to look in the mirror and envision how they see the country or how they viewed the uh, demographics in the country. And the questions were, you know, they're pretty simple. What percentage of the country is black? Well, they said. 41%. Well, we all know the actual numbers, just over 12%. Uh, and then they said, well, what percentage of marriages are mixed race marriages? The answer was, well, about 50%. The actual number is, of course, just under 1%. Uh, then they asked, well, uh, what percent of the country is Latinx, a term most Latinos hate, by the way? Yeah. Um, they said the 39%. The actual number is around 16%. How many wow. families make over a half a million dollars a year? This one I really love. Average answer was 26%, a quarter of all Americans. The real answer, 1%. Hmm. What percent of Americans are vegetarians? Uh, I'm not there yet. <laughs> answer, 30%. The actual number, less than five. What percent of Americans live in New York City? The answer was about 30%. The actual number is just 3%. What percentage of Americans are transgender? Right. The, new thing. the answer was 22%. The actual number is far less than 1%. And then folly, I mean, because I think it's all over every piece of media you watch, what percentage of your fellow citizens are gay? 
Uh, and the answer given was 30%. So the actual number is just about 3%. So my question, the one that bothered me with this poll is, why do people have such bogus and inaccurate estimates? And I mean, it is stunning. That the, the, the number you just went through it, and I'm, I'm, we're talking to Ted Malik and his pieces over at American Greatness. Uh, and it, it, all those questions are stunning. Just before we go into them a little bit more, why? Because that's what you do here. Do we know? Have they done that kind of poll before? Have you ever seen that? Or is, is it something that's done standard, um, uh, like over and over again? Do you know? There, there have been some variants of that poll going back a decade, but this is, I think, one of the first clarion calls where they looked at the whole uh, gamut of, quote, uh, oak preferences. So uh, then, you know, the real question is, well, how do we get that way? Whose perception is this? Who's lying? And uh, what does this mean to the average Tom, Dick, Harry, Sue, or Karen, uh, the so-called <laughs> boobs and flyover com- uh, country in the excerpts, and about, you know, everyday life lived by actually the majority of real people? And the answer is, you know, it, it isn't a very... Uh, accurate perception. So something's going on. What's going on? Brainwashing of the nation's corporate left-wing media, misinformation, grotesque propaganda galore. I even say, I'm going to use Hitler. I don't use Hitler that much. Hitler's own propaganda minister, Josef uh, Goebbels, would have been proud had he had half of the success. Uh so, so, Ted Malik, I mean, back for one second, just to, to hit it again, and we can sw- switch into it. People ask, how many people live in New York City? 30% is the answer. The actual number is 3%, right? I mean, that's a, a crazy one. How many how many Latin Latinos live in America? People said 39%, actual number 60%. So, so these numbers are off. You say it's uh, brainwashing, but doesn't doesn't corporate America want to sell stuff? How does it make, how do they sell stuff better by confusing people on who they are? I, you know what I mean? Like I, you would think like, I know, I know it would have been, you probably can't get away with saying it. If you, if you wanted to sell to the most uh, people in 1955, you would target the housewife, right? And she was going to be white and between the ages of 28 and 55, whatever it was. Now, what is the, what is the benefit of confusing people? Well, there is an ideological reason, and and that is that these corporations, for the most part, not all, I study corporations, have gone on this woke bend, and they are on this path, and they're beating it, uh, you know, without ceasing, uh, sending millions and millions of dollars to groups like Black Lives Matter and basically changing their entire corporate cultures. That has to do with this new improved obsession that corporations in particular, but led by political ideologues on the Democratic side, have with equality, diversity, and inclusion. And I say, God forbid, it's coming, the equity of outcomes, grinding down the very last of all things and all good things. That's their plan. Well, and now, so now you did drive me to a thought on this, Ted. And so let me, and you do allude to this, uh, 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 not, not as specifically as I'll ask you now, but if, if, if you, this is sort of the logical conclusion of the rainbow, uh, was it the rainbow coalition when Jesse Jackson in the eighties realized yeah, dating yourself? Yeah. <laughs> when, well, he wouldn't get away with that now unless he embraced it. He can't, he, he should have done black lives matter. He did rainbow coalition, but really most people thought Jesse Jackson went on. He had a, his family had a Budweiser distributor. 
distributorship. He had a Coca-Cola distributorship. I think it became it became a, a my characterization would be a kind of racket where he said, hey, if you want me to say you're good, uh, you know, I, I will. But here's what I want. Right now, yeah. the, the term of, was a shakedown, <laughs> shakedown. That's right. Well, now you get the whole culture, the whole nation to say to themselves, there's 39 percent of the country is Latin American. Then you got no problem when somebody says, oh, we need to spend uh, 25 percent of our money on Latin America. It's not even as much as there are here. I mean, I guess part of it is to create the categories to, into which, well, we must transgenderism, according again to this uh, uh, survey, uh, how many people are transgender? People said 22 percent. That sounds like a big problem. Lots of people worried. It's not even one percent. Right. The reality. So you create a problem, throw money at it, and people don't even realize there's not a problem there. I think you're 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 a very good strategist. That's exactly what's happening. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the backside of this is that, uh, you know, pity the person, usually a white man who has none of these uh, uh, characteristics, uh, minority characteristics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm told there are now some 75. I know it's growing choices just on sexual orientation. Oh, really? You sh- on sexual orientation or gender? Or, or is that what you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't know that. I got I got to update my I got to update my thing. Where does it lead, Ted? Is it does it when you look back on this in 25 years, do people think this was a silly period or do they look back on it and say this was a tragic shift in an otherwise, uh, you know, successful American culture? Yeah, well, in 25 years, that's uh, it's a little bit beyond my uh well, pretend. We'll just ball, pretend. But it, yeah. <laughs> well, I think we certainly left this notion of personhood and colorlessness that was uh, touted by Martin Luther King Jr., which I'm very sympathetic to. Uh, that's fallen out of favor. It's utterly despised. Uh, so we have, uh, you know, we have a, a, a new, uh, I guess the term would be heteronormative patriarchy oppressing the uh, victims with our non-functioning sewage and water systems, and um, that um, everyone is living in this Tower of Babel. We hate each other. Uh, we are divided. And, and in fact, that's their plan to divide and rule us. And we seek to you know, become rather quiet and go into oblivion. I mean, that's a scenario. Right. That this wokeness becomes the norm. The alternative would be that, like the governor of Virginia or others, not slight him alone, uh, basically have a back uh, lash against it and say, we're not going to do this. This is a very clever idea you've had, but we've been lied to and we're going to stop believing it and we're going to do everything uh, you know, the opposite of what these wokesters suggest. Have you seen, Ted, that uh, I noticed on Twitter it was trending um, uh, Dilbert, the Dilbert column, has, mm. column co- co- comic has mocked uh, ESG. And here's one from a few days ago. For the first panelist, for $1 million, I can help you improve your ESG rank. And uh, I think it's Dilbert says, don't you own an independent ESG uh, rating service? And, and Dogbert says, uh, I didn't say it would be hard. I mean, obviously, the, the, the <laughs> trick here, the trick here is it looks like it's, as you said, it's a shakedown. Well, I, I, I called out ESG over years ago as, as a scam. It's an outright scam. And I know people in that game. And I know the people in the financial services who have bought into it. And it's trillions and trillions of dollars. It's directing literally the whole global economy. 
and we bought it hook, line, and sinkler because you know the big guys at BlackRock and uh, you know Vanguard and all the others fell for it. I can cook you up an ESG score. You can hire me. <laughs> I mean, we can start a consulting company. Ted Malik and I will we'll go out there and we'll help your ESG score. You could hire a couple of, hey, you could hire a couple of white males. It'll be diverse. It'll get you diverse based on all the, pretty, pretty soon we'll be a hot commodity, Ted. We'll just wait another, they never let it happen. All right. Ted Malik, as always, the numbers, please, is his, news, his recent column, American Greatness, amgreatness.com, the numbers, please, by Ted Malik. Uh, check it out. I'll put it up on social media. Thank you, Ted. And my next article. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's next? Yeah, what's next? My Jesus. next article, I did it yesterday. Is called Servant Leadership and the Greatest Example of Such, Queen Elizabeth II. So coming out this weekend. Servant Leadership. All right, the Queen. Well, that'll be interesting. Okay, Ted Malik, everybody. Thanks, Ted. We'll talk again soon. Uh, don't forget, go over to American Greatness, amgreatness.com, where Ted's stuff runs. He's prolific right now. He's on a roll, and I'll put it up on social media, too. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. In 2011, Texas passed a good law requiring voters to present photo ID before being allowed to vote. This law has already successfully reduced voter fraud in three statewide elections. The Obama administration demanded that the Texas voter ID law be tossed out entirely based on Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. In July, a 9-6 ruling by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit did not grant that request, but did order Texas to expand its exceptions to the voter ID requirement. This court decision was issued barely three and a half months before Election Day, forcing Texas officials to scramble to redo their election procedures in order to comply with the 200-page ruling. The good news is that the court upheld the central requirement that most voters should present photo identification before casting their ballots in elections in Texas. The court rejected the Obama administration's demands to invalidate this. In Texas, seven different forms of voter identification are accepted, ranging from driver's licenses to passports to citizenship certificates with photos. Anyone in Texas can comply by getting a voter identification form from the state for free. There are also many ways that someone in Texas can bypass the ID requirement by casting a ballot by mail during the early voting period. For example, anyone over 65 may mail in a ballot without ever showing any ID. Mail-in voting is also available to anyone who claims he will not be available on Election Day or during early voting hours. Hopefully, those exceptions will be as narrow as possible because only citizens should be allowed to vote. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. If you're busy taking notes, you can stop now because these commentaries in written form and spoken audio are archived on the website phyllisschlafly.com, many recorded by Mrs. Schlafly herself. If you're doing research or missed a day, just go to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and re-listening 
to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, wrapping things up, uh, let me uh, do something I want to highlight for you. Uh, I was a part uh, earlier today of a really great event. Um, we host every year up on Capitol Hill an event on patents and the importance of the American patent system, that inventors have the right to control what they invent. And all over the world, by the way, they, they are uh, jealous of the American system. They're envious of the American system that from the very beginning in the U.S. Constitution, the, the, the right of patent, uh, the right of inventors and uh, authors to have control of their invention is actually the only right mentioned in the Constitution. The Bill of Rights was added afterwards, but in the actual Constitution, uh, the right is there. And so every year we have a celebration of the extraordinary patent system and how it created the incentive system, the incentives for the American system to have people want to invent things here. Because if you invented something in Europe, in the wrong uh, wrong uh, uh, um, nation, wrong political unit, you might have to ask the king uh, for permission to use it, or you might have to talk to the dictator, or you might have to be the first to file, so that if somebody else uh, comes up with it or steals it from you and files it first, you know, you race to the patent office to file. Well, that's not a good system. Whoever comes up with it and can prove it, um, that's the person. So we have this celebration, and here's what I want to tell you. It's really cool. Uh, Congressman Byron Donalds, uh, who's from Florida, Naples area. Uh, Congressman uh, Tom Massey, who's out in Kentucky. Uh, Louis Gohmert, the congressman from Texas, and a whole bunch of others come together. And interesting on this issue, it's a cross section because the people who want to damage our patent system are a couple different categories. Some of the leftists who don't think that, you know, property rights, I think everything should be everybody's. That's a bunch of people, lefties that want to gut our system and under undercut uh, everything that's good in America. But another group uh, is big, big business. Big tech actually doesn't want a lot of competition. You know, every big tech company started out as a small startup, of course. But once they get bigger and bigger, and when you have, say you have 500 lawyers on your staff at uh, a big tech company, well, if you're a startup, you have one-tenth of a lawyer. You pay your, your brother-in-law to help you with uh, something. And so you get swamped out. And so the system, the patent system, the patent system in America has been... Um, has been inundated with bureaucratic challenges, uh, bureaucratic um, uh, administrative rules and bodies. There's a there's a, an appeal board that's staffed by bureaucrats instead of going to court and all the rest. So it's a really cool group. It's a really uh, a special issue. And if you ever want to really understand America's greatness, look closely at the patent system and our history. You know, especially the last 150 years, and then. Go look in other parts of the world and see what has happened. Uh, so the, the largest threats to the patent system occurred in the 1990s when Bill Clinton said we were going to harmonize America's patent system with the rest of the world. Harmonize. That sounds terrible. We're going to basically lose our sovereignty. And then the second biggest threat, and it's bigger now maybe than any of the harmonizing that might take place, is the theft especially the Chinese uh, Communist Party uh, basically uh, stealing uh, uh, the technology and the background. People will say the Chinese uh, Communists have made a, uh, you know, uh, the, what took us 150 years to do in America in terms of uh, innovation and, uh, and kind of uh, moving forward on technology. China stole 
in 25 years. And uh, whether it's actual uh, theft or tech transfer, which is when they force businesses to sign deals that uh, transfer over intellectual property, uh, and then they re, um, re-engineer it and, and it uh, um can be a real drag on on the system. So it's a great event. We had a great time and uh, really proud of that and proud of the work that we're doing. If you want to find out more about this issue, you go to phyllisschlafly.com where a lot of our work is posted. Do a search for patents and you'll see Phyllis writing on the subject as well as John Schlafly and myself and others and the great events. So phyllisschlafly.com. All right, everybody. Thank you as always to the great Noah Dingley for his uh, uh, produce, producing of the program. Thank you also to uh, Joanna Spilger for helping us with all of our great guests. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for the daily email, the daily wink, and a lot more there. Uh, Ed Martin here at the Pro America Report. We will be back tomorrow. we got a lot more later on this week. I'm hoping we'll get Alan Dershowitz. I keep trying to get him uh, on the program. He's a hard guy to book. Uh, hopefully we'll get him soon. And we'll be back. Ed Martin, Pro America Report, back in a moment. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.